Welcome in to episode five of the Print Fest DFS podcast. I'm your host, Justin Rue. I am not joined by Scott Bandy this week. He is out gallivanting somewhere in Ocean City doing God knows what. But I'm here. I'm here for you on our Friday night. I'm going to be grinding out uh, this slate, breaking down my favorite plays uh, position by position. There's a lot of injury news, a lot of wind in, in a couple spots, uh, upwards of 25 to up, up to 40 miles an hour winds. So we'll, we'll, we'll check back on that on Sunday, but um, I'm going to go forth on this pod as if there's no wind at all and we can adjust from there. So starting at the quarterback position, my favorite play, uh, we talked about him last week, is Joe Burrow. He's 6,200. He's at home. He's against Tennessee. It's one of the higher total games on the slate. Uh, it's the fastest pace game on the slate. We know Cincinnati wants to throw. Joe Burrow leads the league in dropbacks per game at 48. Uh, he's been over 300 yards in five of his last six games. On early downs in the first half of games, Cincinnati, they pass at 61%. That's second highest in the league. This, this is a throw first team, especially with Joe Mixon out. Yeah, Gio Bernard's in there, but they're not going to be pounding 20 carries into the ground uh, with Joe Mixon. So, this should be a game where Cincinnati really towards, uh, tilts towards the towards the air, and they're against Tennessee. Tennessee is 19th DBOA against the pass. They do not get a ton of pressure. I know Jonah Williams is out as well as their center and their right guard, I believe. Um, so three offensive linemen are out for Cincinnati, but still a nice spot for Joe Burrow. He flashed his upside last week. And he did run for 14 – over the last four games, he's he's averaged 14 rushing yards per game. So he's starting to run a little bit more. He did show that in college. Um, so if we can get a little bit more from, from Joe Burrow on the ground, that's uh, to really elevate his floor uh, and his ceiling. So 6,200, I, I really do like Joe Burrow. The game environment is really solid. We should expect points uh, from Tennessee with their implied total being around 29. So solid spot for Joe Burrow. My, my second favorite quarterback is, is going to be Derek Carr. <clears throat> Derek Carr, I mean, he's not a guy that a lot of people like to just be, oh, yeah, Derek Carr is great. He's kind of underrated at this point. People don't really like to admit that he's been pretty solid. Now, this week he's 5,500. He's on the road, and he's against Cleveland. Now, this is a game that does have wind involved, but his implied total is still 24. Like I said, we'll circle back to the wind on Sunday morning um, if it gets really bad. But over the last four games, he's averaged 22.5 points per game. I mean, if he just hits that, he smashes value at 5,500 anyway. But add on to that, he's averaged 8.7 yards per attempt over his last four, and he's running a little bit too. I mean, 13 yards per game over his last four is not great, but it's not nothing. I mean, it's not like it's Tom Brady or Phillip Rivers or something like that. At least he's moving a tiny bit. Um, and he's taking on Cleveland, who gives up 24 fancy points per game to opposing quarterback, 7.5 yards per attempt, 25th DVOA, and they don't get much pressure either. So I think between Joe Burrow and Derek Carr, if you need to pay down, um, they're really solid options. Adding on to that, Jimmy Garoppolo, I, I want to stay with these value quarterbacks. Jimmy Garoppolo is 5,400, and he's in probably the best game environment on the entire slate. Now, the pace in that game is not great. Um, it's probably the slowest pace game on the entire slate, and he's on the road. But they still have a respectable total, 25 and a half. Jimmy Garoppolo has been garbage, though. I mean, he's averaged 11.8 fantasy points per game over his last four. Um, and he doesn't push the ball downfield at all. His, his eight out is 6.4. So he's not pushing the ball downfield, but really it's all about this matchup. I mean, Se Seattle is just horrible. Give up 30 
points per game to opposing quarterbacks. They're 30th DVOA. They don't get any pressure. And they're going to have 7.8 yards per attempt. It is, it's really just a game environment spot for Jimmy Garoppolo. And there should be a, a ton of volume in there for him. So the thing about Jimmy Garoppolo is on the season, he's only averaged 25 uh, passing attempts per game. But Seattle, I mean, they face 48 passing attempts per game. So this is a team that's going to force teams to the pass. I mean, if you look at all the, the quarterbacks that they faced, Matt Ryan, he, he had 54 attempts against them. And in all these other games, he's averaged 40. Cam Newton, he's averaging 26 attempts per game this year. Against Seattle, he had 44. Dak Prescott averaged 44. He had 57 against Seattle. Ryan Fitzpatrick had 33. He's averaging 43. He had 45 against Seattle. Kirk Cousins averages 29 attempts. He had 39 against Seattle. So if, if we're saying that the average for Jimmy Garoppolo is right on 25%, I'm thinking we can expect him to throw between 33 to 40 times in this game. And if that happens, I mean, he's, he's really going to put himself in a nice spot. At 5,400, um, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is in for a nice game, even though he's just been, he's been putrid. I mean, I'm not going not gonna to deny that. I mean, he, he's been bad, but 5,400, I do like Jimmy Garoppolo. So my, my three favorite quarterback plays on this slate are Jimmy Garoppolo, Derek Carr, and Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, definitely probably going to be the, the cash game guy that you're looking for um, just for that game environment. So moving on to running back, I think that it's pretty straightforward, actually, as, as the, the injuries have really moved stuff around. I think with Aaron Jones being out, I think Jamal Williams is – He's at 6,100, and he's at home against Minnesota. They have a 29 implied total. They're seven-point favorites. You know how we love running backs that are home favored. Um, and 6,100 is just too cheap. He, he, last week, without Aaron Jones, he played 55 snaps for 89% share. He had 23 touches and 114 yards and touchdown. He's, he's the bell cow in a, in a game where the team's going to be favored, scoring almost 30 points. The matchup is just fine. Minnesota's 20th DVOA against the ground, uh, against the run. They go up 25 points per game to opposing running backs. And Jamal Williams is the goal line back, even though uh, A.J. Dillon is there, and he's obviously much bigger. They just don't trust A.J. Dillon, and Jamal Williams is their guy. So I think at 6,100, I think Jamal Williams, you just lock him in uh, with no Aaron Jones. The next running back, I think you just lock in, and I think there's three – running backs you can play and catch. I think this is kind of the way that the injuries are taking us at. So Cream Hunt is another guy who's underpriced. 6,900 at home, decently paced game here against Oakland. Their implied total is 27 points. They're two and a half point favorites. So we have another home favorite running back um, on a high scoring team. Uh, over his last three games as a starter. So with no, with no Nick Chubb, he's averaged six, or 71% of snaps, 18.2 touches. A 12% target share. Uh, and now he's taking on a team in Oakland that gives up 32.9 fancy points per game. They're 29th DVOA against the run. They give up 4.9 yards per carry. And it, it's just, it's a really nice spot for Cream Hunt. 6,900 is just not enough. I think Cream Hunt should be upwards of, of 7,500 or, or even more. Um, he should be priced right around where Dalvin Cook is. And so I, I could say, Cream Hunt is probably 7,800 underpriced uh, in week eight. 
against Oakland. So I think the next the next best play here, I, I think, is Alvin Kamara. I think at 8,200, Alvin Kamara, yeah, he's on the road. He's outside. He's against Chicago. Usually we like Alvin Kamara when he's inside in the, in the Superdome, nice cushy turf to play on. And I know it's a slow-paced game against Chicago, and their implied total is only 24, when typically we see New Orleans upwards of 28, 29 points. But they're still four-and-a-half-point favorites, and Kamara has averaged 28 points a game over his last four, 72% of snaps, 21 touches, a 21% target share, which is ridiculous. I mean, that is – like T. Higgins has like a 21% target share. This is like a guy who – yeah, he's 8,200, but he's, he's a wide receiver, two-slash-three, and he gets like 13 carries a game and goal line. He's averaged 129 yards from scrimmage per game over his last four. And uh, he has, over the season, he averages 2.2 attempts inside of 10 per game. So uh, that is attempts and targets. So he's getting a ton of goal on opportunity. And the matchup isn't great. I mean, Chicago has given up 4.4 yards per carry. So it's not great. I mean, it's not bad, but Chicago is definitely worse uh, against the run. They're a lot harder to throw on. But here's where it really gets good for Alvin Kamara is that Michael Thomas is out. Emmanuel Sanders has COVID. He's on, he's, he, he's out. And Callaway is out. So Callaway had 28% of targets last week with no Thomas and Sanders. Now he's gone. And Alvin Kamara last week had 22% of the targets. So who are they going to throw the ball to? Yeah, it's Chicago, but Traquan Smith and Deontay Harris are currently the only two wide receivers on their starting roster. I mean, obviously they're going to bring up some practice squad guys like Austin Carr and all these guys, but Alvin Kamara is in line. He's probably going to get 25. You could project him 20, possibly 25% of the targets with, with upside for more from the running back position. I mean, that is just so, so safe. And he's yet to finish a week lower uh, than the RB 10. So I think Alvin Kamara, Jamal Williams and Kareem Hunt, I think that their workloads are so safe um, and in decent enough matchups where I think you can just lock those three in. Um, I think all their running backs, in my opinion, at least on here on Friday night, um, are just reserved for tournaments on DraftKings. So getting into a couple of those, the tournament plays, I mean, Derrick Henry's always in play, right? Like I said, like I mentioned with Joe Burrow, that this pace is the fastest pace game. Yeah, he's on the road, but they have a 29 implied total. He's five and a half point favorite. He's averaged 27 points per game over his last four. He's 8K. The problem with Derrick Henry is that and we all know it. He only has a 9% target share over the last four games. He's not involved enough in the passing game to have a nice floor where when he doesn't score a touchdown or get to hundred yards, you're just drawing dead because he's going to catch like one ball. I mean, at the bottom of his range of outcomes, he gets, he gets 18 carries. He gets 95 yards. He gets one catch for five yards. And you're sitting there with like 10 DK points. And you're just like, well, I spent a cat. Cause he didn't get in the box and he didn't get to the, to the bonus. But if he gets in the box and gets to the bonus, which is likely he's an absolute smash. And of course this guy has this monster upside to, to run for 200 yards and three touchdowns. That's in his range. Um, you know, I mean, over the last four games, he's averaged 61% of snaps, 22 touches and 133 yards from scrimmage per game. And he gets, so I mentioned Alvin Kamara gets 2.2 opportunities inside the 10 per game. Derek Henry gets 3.7. That easily leads the NFL. 3.7 opportunities inside the 10 per game. He gets all the money touches down there at the goal line. And he's taking on a defense in Cincinnati that gives up 5.1 yards per carry. 
it's it's a really nice spot for him on the ground. And we know Tennessee wants to run on early downs in the first half of games. They run the ball 53% of the time. That's third highest in the league. Cincinnati gives up explosive runs 15% of the time. That's 30th in the league. And Henry gets, even though he doesn't get anything in the passing game, he gets he's had at least 20 touches in every single game. So you can you can say that for his floors that he you know he's gonna get 20 touches, but he's just not involved in the passing game. And for that reason, um, I really struggle to play him in cash really ever. So there's one more play at the running back position I do want to talk about, and it's Jonathan Taylor. So this guy is an absolutely elite prospect. We all know that he he came into the league, he's a second round pick. I mean, this guy's basically like the next coming of Saquon Barkley. Um, you know, he ran four three nine at you know, whatever two hundred and thirty pounds, whatever he is. He, he's an absolute freak athlete, and he his, his production in college is is top ten. Um, in my model, he's one of the top ten prospects, uh, running back prospects to ever come out. Now that's awesome to have, but he's not really getting the workload right. I mean, over the last four games, he's only played 53% of the snaps. He's had 16 touches, only a 7% target share. So he's not even really getting check downs from, from Phillip Rivers, but he's in a really solid matchup. He's coming off of the bye, which can be good for rookie running backs. Um, it can get them more involved. When they get past that bye, um, they can typically get more involved. We saw it with, with DeAndre Swift earlier in the year. He's taking on a Detroit team that gives up 4.8 yards per carry, 30 points per game to opposing running backs, and 23rd DVOA against the run. They are three-point favorites. They're on the road, but they have a 26.5 total, so decent enough. The pace is fine in that game. And Detroit ranks 27th in explosive rush rate allowed. So I think Jonathan Taylor, if you buy into the narrative that him coming off of the bye, he could increase his workload, it's possible. I mean, he's 6,600. I think he's only reserved for tournaments, but I think he does have the kind of monster upside uh, that you're going to be hunting for in tournaments. And he shouldn't have, he shouldn't be too owned. Um, and also do want to note that his snaps uh, over his last four have gone from 43% to 45 to 55 to 59. So they're slowly ramping him up and ramping him up. And then it, it wouldn't surprise me to see him get up to 70% of snaps in this game get 20 carries, get three or four catches, get to the 100-yard bonus, score a touchdown, possibly two. I could see him just absolutely exploding here down the stretch, and I definitely want to be a part of it. I, I don't know if I could get there in cash, given the fact that Kareem, Jamal, and Alvin Kamara are such better plays, but I do like Jonathan Taylor in tournaments along with Derrick Henry. If Derrick Henry doesn't have the ownership, I, I, from what I've seen, Derrick Henry's ownership is probably going to be pretty high, and Rightfully so here against Cincinnati. Um, but I really do like Jonathan Taylor in tournaments. So moving over to wide receiver, I think wide receiver is, there's a couple guys that are pretty top heavy. Um, obviously like we, we love Devonte Adams, right? I mean, in his three full games this season, he's had 17, 10 and 16 targets. He has 10 plus tar- per Lord Reeves uh, on Twitter. Rich Rebarge is an absolute legend. Um, per Lord Reeves, so he has 10-plus targets in 13 of his last 14 games dating back to last season. And then he also, in week two, he went 14 for 156-2 and two against his very same Minnesota team. So, I mean, it is a very, very nice spot 
for Devontae Adams. He's expensive. He's 8.8K. Um, I think it's possible we could get there. It's possible. But, I mean, it's it's hard to fade this guy with, with what he's getting right now. I mean, he is just absolutely crushing. And they're at home. 29 implied total. There is wind in that game. But, like I said, we'll circle back to that on Sunday morning. And I also saw that Minnesota, a couple of their starting corners are out. I mean, right now they have Jeff Gladney, who is their rookie first-round pick. They have their rookie fifth-round pick, Harrison Hand. A 29, uh, 2019 seventh-round pick, Chris Boyd. 2018 UDFA, Chris Jones. And a 2019 UDFA, Mark Fields. They have a bunch of clowns back there. None of them can stay with Devontae. I think if the wind dies down in this game, Devontae Adams is an absolute smash. 8,800, I think he just play him. The next play here is also just getting absolutely peppered. I don't know what DraftKings is doing. This is a total misprice uh, for Keenan Allen. He should be over 7K. He's 6,200. Um, you know, yeah, he's on the road. It's against uh, Denver. But the pace in this game should be pretty solid. Over his last four games, he's averaged 21.2 points per game. 14.3 targets, a 0.87 weight opportunity rating, uh, which is basically a combination of area, uh, percent of team air yards and uh, and target share. So 0.87 is tops on the slate. It's right there with Devontae Adams. He's averaged 106 uh, yards from scrimmage per game over his last four, and he has uh, 0.8 end zone targets per game. That's really solid. It's a really solid number. Anything over half an end zone target per game uh, is really solid. Um yeah, and he's taking on Denver defense. Yeah, they give up 6.8 yards per attempt uh, through the air and the ninth DVOA against the pass. But I think you just got to stick with the volume here. He's 6,200. And really, uh, the Chargers, they've been tilting toward the air in the last couple of weeks. So through the last, or on, during the last two weeks, uh, on early downs in the first half, they've passed 63% of the time. That's fifth highest. I mean, and then Keenan Allen's, four full games with Justin Herbert uh, under under center. Keenan Allen has had 10, 19, 12, and 13 targets. He's locked on to Keenan Allen, Justin Herbert. So I think 6,200, um, just a really strong play. Matchup's not great, but I volume is always more important than matchup, in my opinion. So another play I like here, and coming down uh, the salary, down to 4,500, and A.J. Green – this is not a guy that I typically would play. I don't like playing guys that are old, especially older guys that have, are oft injured. But it looks like AJ Green is getting healthy. I'm not sure about his motivation, but in his last two games, he's had a 27 and a 28% target share. Um, you know, th- this is the fastest paced game. They're at home. They have a decent enough total. Joe Burrow, like I mentioned, is slinging it. He's dropping back the most in the NFL. And um, the biggest thing with AJ Green is he has eight end zone targets. Eight. I mean, he's averaging 1.1 end zone targets per game at 4,500. He has no touchdowns. That's just unlucky. I mean, 1.1 end zone targets per game. Tyler Lockett, that's right around with Tyler Lockett's averaging 1.2. I mean, Adam Thielen is averaging 1.5. Deontay Johnson is averaging one. DK Metcalf, 1.2. Like guys that are getting elite volume. AJ Green is getting, over the last couple of games, really elite volume. And I, I think he's fine. I think he's fine at 4,500. I think he's a little bit underpriced. 
You know, I typically like playing guys that are younger, but T. Higgins is 1K more than him. Tyler Boyd is almost 2K more than him. And A.J. Green has led the team in targets over the last two weeks. So, and he's done a nice matchup here with, with Tennessee, 19th DVOA. They go up a 68% catch rate. Um, both those marks are, are behind league average. So I, I think that A.J. Green is, is fine at 4,500. It's kind of weird playing him because he's on the tail end of his career and you don't know how much he has left. But if this volume sustains, he's not going to he, – he's probably going to have like five or six touchdowns by the year end. If he has 16 end zone targets by the end of the year, I mean, he already has eight. He's not going to have zero touchdowns, I guarantee that. Um, so Keenan Allen, Devontae Adams, A.J. Green, I think they're all really solid. I want to get into one of my favorite plays this week, and I'm wondering how owned he's going to be, but it's Kendrick Bourne. And I want you to hear me out on this. So Kendrick Bourne, um, in three games without Debo Samuel, weeks one through three, he had 16, 19, and 17% of the team targets while running 36, 25, and 36 routes. That's fine. At, at He's 3.5K. He's against Seattle. In the best game environment, probably on the slate. Because we know, like I mentioned earlier with Jimmy Garoppolo, they want their Seattle forces teams to through the air. They do not let them just they just run the ball that you can't because you're down by two touchdowns all the time against Seattle. So in week in weeks two and three, when Brandon Ayuk was there, because Ayuk was out week one, um Bourne had 19% of targets to Ayuk's 11%. Then in week three, he had 17% to Ayuk's 23%. So Ayuk is 5.8K, and he's probably going to be a lot higher owned than Kendrick Bourne. In my opinion, I mean, Kendrick Bourne has been solid enough uh, with Debo Samuel out, and Richie James is doubtful in this game. Trent Taylor is barely running any routes. Dante Pettis is gone. Jalen Hurd's been on IR. There's Really, it's just Bourne and Ayuk running routes on this team, and then Kittle uh, soaking up the, the most of the targets there. So it should be a pretty condensed target tree. And it's against Seattle, guys. I mean, this is a team that's 30th. We know how bad Seattle is. 30th DVOA against the pass, 70% catch rate. They're up 64.3 points per game to opposing wide receiver cores. He's 3.5K. He does not need much to get there. I mean, if he just – if Jimmy Garoppolo drops back 35 times, like I'm expecting to, with upside for more – um, I, I think that Kendrick Bourne, you could probably project him for 15 to 18% of the targets, um, which is probably right around six to eight targets. Um, at 3,500 in this matchup, I think that Kendrick Bourne is super solid. He opens up so much for you. I love Kendrick Bourne a hell of a lot this week. So I'm going to hit on one more player here, and it's Denzel Mims. So it's not a good matchup, right? He's 3,200. He's against Kansas City. Yeah, he's on the Jets, right? We hate playing Jets players. They're on the they're on the road. It's 15 implied total. But Denzel Mims, he played his first game last week. He ran around on 79% of dropbacks. He had seven targets, a 0.59 way opportunity. And he had four for 42. He also had an end zone target. So that's really solid. Yeah, the matchup's not great. He's against the Kansas City defense that's fifth DVOA, 57% catch rate. It only gives up 6.9 yards per attempt. So but at 3,200, you really don't need too much. And I want to hit on how good of a prospect Denzel Mims is. Yeah, he was a senior coming out, so that kind of hurts him. He was coming out of Baylor. But he had a 19.9 breakout age 
that's pretty solid. Um, he had a 42.3% college dominator, and that's that's basically a combination of uh, team touchdowns and team yards. It's basically his share of, of those marks. Um, and that's all per player profiler. He's a second-round pick, and he, he's 206 pounds, and he ran 4.38. So we're talking about a really elite athlete. Pretty solid prospect, and he showed out well in his first game. Jameson Crowder is out. Brashad Perryman is out. This is Braxton Berrios um, and Denzel Mims there now. So I, I think I think it's a really spot, solid spot here for Denzel Mims. He's 3,200. I mean, if you can't – I like Kendrick Bourne more. I think if you can't get the salary to get to Kendrick Bourne and you have to, you know, go with Mims at 3,200, I think that that's okay. Um, yeah, I think that's – yeah, it's just fine. So moving over to tight end, I think the most popular play on the slate, and probably for good reason, and I think he's the best play on the slate, is Darren Waller. This is another game that has weather in it. So, you know, keep in mind and check back on Sunday morning. But Darren Waller, he's had 9.3 targets per game over his last four. A 0.51 weighted opportunity rating is really solid at tight end position. 62 yards per game is good. And he's averaging 0.8 end zone targets per game. That's really solid. Uh, for reference, Jimmy Graham's averaging one. Uh, Mike Kosicki, TJ Hawkinson's averaging one. Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey's averaging 0.9. So this is right up there with, with the top guys on the slate. So he's getting targets in the end zone. And he's taking on a Cleveland defense that is 25th DVOA, gives up a 66% catch rate to tight ends, 14.4 fancy points per game, seven and a half yards per attempt. So the matchup is not daunting at all, um, you know, and they have a, a 24 implied total, which was higher here before the wind, um, the wind, you know, pushed this total way down. So we'll see what happens on Sunday morning. You know, Ohio can be really wonky with their weather, um, but it, it's a nice spot. 5,600 is just too cheap for Dan Waller. He's been a top five scorer in four of his past five games. I, I think that Darren Waller is really solid uh, at 5,600. I think, he's probably the, the best cash game tight end, in my opinion. So moving down the salary scale here, I really like Jonu Smith. And I think that he might be a little bit lower owned because I think a lot of people are going to either go up for, for Kelsey or Darren Waller or Kittle, or that you're going to go all the way down to someone like Harrison Bryant. And I'll talk about him here in a minute. But Jonu Smith, I mean, Cincinnati's allowed six tight end touchdowns in the last three weeks. That is this is ridiculous. I mean, Jonu Smith has uh, he's averaged zero point seven end zone targets per game, so that's that's fine. This matchup is awesome. Yeah, he hasn't been great, but this is a really they have a twenty nine implied total, so again, really solid. If you're hunting for touchdowns, you want to hunt for tight ends uh, on teams that are implied to score upwards of thirty points. He's got that in his bag. It's the fastest paced game on the slate. Yeah, that's fine. You know, they're on the road. And he only has a 4.68 out of his last four. So he's not getting much. He's basically expecting to get everything after the catch, but he's really good at getting yards after the catch. He's a really solid uh, after the catch player. Uh, yeah, he's only averaging 4.3 targets per game. So 4,100, yeah, it's a little thin target wise, uh, you know, the kind of volume that he's getting. But, you know, he, he was coming off injury and he is still splitting uh, routes with Anthony, with Anthony Ferkser. But I think that he has a good chance of getting in the box here. I think he could do much worse at 4,100. 
um, if you're looking for a tournament pivot off of uh, the much chalkier Darren Waller and much chalkier below him, uh, Harrison Bryant. Might put your line of construction here in a little bit different position if you're looking uh, to differentiate in tournaments. So the last item I want to bring up here is Harrison Bryant. And so Harrison Bryant last week with, with Austin Hooper out, Harrison Bryant ran 17 pass routes, as so 59% of uh, Baker Mayfield's dropbacks to, to David Njoku's 12. Uh, so he's clearly ahead of, of David Njoku, but for some odd reason, DraftKings priced David Njoku uh, ahead of Harrison Bryant. Harrison Bryant is priced at 3,200. Um, you know, and Joku's up at 3,800 for whatever reason. I mean, and Joku was a better, was a higher pedigree prospect, but Harrison Bryant <clears throat> is clearly liked better by this, um, by this administration or regime or however you want to talk about it uh, in Cleveland. And Harrison Bryant was a decent prospect in his own right, uh, the Mackey Award winner. So he did have a 9A dot uh, last week, and he's at home. They have a 27 implied total. Yeah, again, it's another another game with wind. Decently paced game. And he's against a defense in Oakland. That's 29 DVOA against the pass, 7.8 yards per attempt allowed. It's a solid matchup for him, 3,200. I mean, you can do a lot worse at that price. I mean, these guys like Irv Smith down there, Albert O, Chris Herndon, Drew Sample is right around there. It's like these guys are all garbage. So – I do like Albert O. I mean, I don't mean to besmirch Albert O. I do love Albert O, but I, uh, no offense there. So he's he's still behind him. But Harrison Bryant at 3,200, he's projecting as the as the best point per dollar player uh, tight end on the slate. So I think if that kind of lineup construction works for your lineup and you, you like the way it feels, I think Harrison Bryant's fine. Um, it's probably not the way I'm going for cash. I think I'm mostly leaning towards Darren Waller. Um, but you know, like I said, if that's the way your line of construction is going, I think that if you need to punt it off, I think that Harrison Bryant uh, works just fine. So going through all my favorite plays, I'm going to run back through them here uh, for you, so you can write them all down if you, if you need them. So Joe Burrow, Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo. Joe Burrow, 6,200. Derek Carr, 55. Jimmy Garoppolo is 54. At running back, Cream Hunt. I think Cream Hunt, Jamal Williams, and Alvin Kamara. I think are our cash game locks. I struggle to say lock, but I think that these three are are clearly the best running back plays on the slate, in my opinion. So Cream Hunt, sixty nine hundred. Jamal Williams, sixty one hundred, filling in for Aaron Jones. Alvin Kamara, eighty two hundred, with no Marquez Callaway, no Mano Sanders, no Michael Thomas. Yeah, against Chicago, but I think you just got to lock him in for that target share. Uh, for tournaments, I like Jonathan Taylor, 6,600, and Derrick Henry at up at 8K. Wide receiver, I mentioned Devontae Adams, 8,800. Yeah, a little expensive, but his targets, are, he, he just he gets absolutely peppered. He's getting double-digit targets. We know it's happening. Keen down as well. He's also probably going to get double-digit targets in this game here against Denver. Um, going down the, the scale, uh, A.J. Green, I he's old, but... 4,500, it's hard to pass it up for his target share over his last couple of weeks. And the eight end zone targets and the inevitable positive regression that is going to happen if he continues to get these eight end zone targets, um, you know, over the back half of the season, he's going to, he's, he's just going to start scoring. Um, Kendrick Bourne, if you're looking to punt it off, high 
think he's more than fine. I think he's a better play than Brandon Ayuk at 3,500 for their price. I think obviously Ayuk is going to project for higher points, and I don't like that at all. I think Brandon Ayuk is definitely going to score more points than Kendrick Bourne, but at 3,500 compared to 5,800 for Brandon Ayuk, I think that Kendrick Bourne is a much better play than Brandon Ayuk uh, this week. And then also, if you're looking to punt and you can't get up to Kendrick Bourne, I think Denzel Mims is okay. He probably doesn't have much upside here um, against Kansas City, but he's 3,200, so he really doesn't need must to get there uh, for you at all. And then circling over here back at, at tight end, Darren Waller, 5,600. Just he's underpriced for the volume that he gets. Johnny Smith, 4,100. He has nice upside, probably not cash game viable, um, but he does have really nice upside for tournaments. And Harrison Bryant is 3,200, and he's probably projecting as the best point per dollar tight end on the entire slate. I'm cool with Harrison Bryant if you really need to punt it off. So that is going to do it for the Print Fest DFS podcast, our week eight breakdown. If you have any questions, leave them in the comments. I will definitely get to them. Um, or you can hit me up on Twitter at JustinRu23, J-U-S-T-I-N-R-A-U-23. I'll also leave that handle down in the, in the description box below. And good luck, everybody.